Rhythm, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD, when we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you about to get geeked up, so sit back, relax, and get comfy, lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten, coming straight out of Gotham. And hello, everybody out in the DC Extended Universe. Welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Gotham, episode new 52. We are a fandom pop culture podcast and a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Make sure you check out all the other great shows on the network by heading on over to batmanonfilm.com. There's a tab. You click it down, and uh, there's a, just a buffet of shows. Uh, Gotham Outsiders, Batman Book Club, co- Comics on Consoles, tons of great stuff. ELTD, lots of great stuff there. So make sure you check out uh, all the other shows on the network. I'm sure the Azrael Podcast is a member of that as well. Uh, so you got your uh, your opportunity to listen to some of that stuff. Uh, I'm your co-host from the other side of the Hudson River, a senior contributor to Batman on Film. I am Peter R. Vera, and today we're recording on October 7th, 2021. And as always, we have a great show for you today. But before we get into good stuff, I would like to remind you, all of our faithful listeners, that if you take the time to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, and we read your review on air, you have won a special prize pack. This month's prize for October is a McFarland. Harlem Toys, Batman 66 Joker action figure. Get those reviews in. You can't win it unless you're in it. So uh, you got to take Mr. J home. There's only one way to do that, and that's to review this show. Now, let me introduce you to my partner in crime, the man who makes the best sweet potato pie in Suffolk County, a fellow Batman on film contributor, the man who reviews Titans late, but he does review Titans. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Holzman. Nice. Thank you. What's going on? You called yourself out the other day. You're like, it takes me forever to write these reviews, but like, I'm so critical and I have to rewatch the show five times. It's true. I'm very, it does take me a while to write the review. It does. I I literally write it that I erase paragraphs. I go back and throw stuff in. I'm like, this doesn't seem right. I want it. I want it to be my best work. So it does take me a while sometimes to write. Last week, um, I had computer issues though, so that was oh, what happened? Uh, took a little longer than usual. But well, I usually write them on my mm-hmm. laptop. And you spent too um, much time on. I you spent too much time on OnlyFans, didn't you? <laughs> no, the uh, what's a, the keyboard? It's an old laptop, but but I've refurbished it and stuff. But I needed a new keyboard. Some of the keys weren't working anymore. Got to get you a Mac. So I had to. I had to refurbish the keyboard. No, I'm good. I, I'm fine with with the the laptop I have. I put in a new solid state drive. I was able to um, up the motherboard a little bit. So I works for Geek Squad. <laughs> so I, made, I was able to to make the changes so that I could keep the one I have. But it, yeah, it, the the keyboard only cost like twelve bucks. So it wasn't that expensive. So if it ever gets to the point where the computer like dies, then yeah, I'll, I'll think about getting a new, maybe getting a Mac. I don't know. Um, I do know for for audio visual stuff, it's they're really good to yeah. have. Um, then you then you get an iPhone, so. you'd be like a normal person. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. I'm never getting an iPhone. So you guys, you guys can forget about that because that that'll never happen. Uh, it'll happen before you know it. I will not get a, a device that makes people cry. Um, when they get a new one, that's a little over the top for me. Who cries when um, they get a new iPhone? What? Go when it, when a new iPhone comes out. Watch the Asian markets and watch these people go in and come out, and they're literally tears in their eyes because they got the the new version. So of the because phone. they're happy, you don't like that. There's something wrong with that. 
It's a phone. I get it, but what like, the heck okay, crying some over? people like that stuff. It makes them happy. Some people are tech people. Sorry, I'm a tech person. Yeah, clearly not, because you don't get excited by technology. I love, I love getting new phones and new devices and stuff like that. But I don't cry you about know, it. I don't know. I figure a tech guy like you. I mean, you, you got to love new machinery and stuff like that. Razors, stuff like that. I you. do. I'm drinking water. I totally do. All right. I, <laughs> I, t- I totally, I totally do like getting it, but I just, I, that's something I'll never get. I don't like, it's very, Apple's a very closed company when it comes to their devices. They, they make it so that you have to go to them to fix yeah, it that, and you that, have yeah, to go back thing, to them. A third party. You know, it's yes, smart. Yeah. It is smart. It's a smart business model, but you're all suckered into it. So all, there you I go. called you all sheep. <laughs> Considering most of you are listening on Apple Podcasts, on your iPhone or your iPad, remember Eric called you sheep. Oh, that it, the analytics don't tell us that. It do tells they? you on Podbean. Tell us. It doesn't tell you what device they're. Can you download Apple Podcasts on a Google phone? <laughs> oh, I guess you're right. I don't think so because Google, but Google's on Apple. You can put Google. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure on Apple, Apple. It is exclusive to Apple. Well, no, I can get iTunes on Windows products. You can, can do that. On. That's true. I wonder. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I've so. never – I haven't had – the last non-Apple phone I had was like a Motorola Razor. And the <laughs> last – I had like four of those before I had – yeah. I had like some weird – I had the Nokia Spider-Man phone with the with the changeable cover. I remember that. I remember I had that, that phone. Yeah, I went from that to a Razor. And then I had – well, I went that to a Motorola, which was like – and then I had like a – I think it was a T720. Did you get the Pebble? I didn't get the Pebble. Pebble. I think I went from a, the Spider-Man phone to a T720. Then I went to Razer, Razer, Razer iPhone. So I haven't, I don't have, I don't have much experience outside of uh, Apple's and Motorola's. <laughs> I was in. I remember when I forget which one it was. I was in the market for a new phone, and I did go check out an iPhone. And then I was reading review. It was one of the ones that was really fragile and. It didn't. It wasn't passing crash tests, and I always just like to make sure that it's a durable th- a device. Mm-hmm. So when I saw how easily they broke, I was like, "Nah." I, my and then phone I, never then, breaks, actually. And then I started getting reading into more of Apple, and I was like, "All right, I'm fine." But I, like I said, I do understand why people love them. I'm just not. I was one of those I was people. pumped for it to get to get an internet browser on my phone, and I was really excited because I was like, "This is going to make me." Like, I, I have the edge over everyone in fantasy baseball this summer, and I crushed it because I just I had access to internet all the time, and it was like it was like insane. And then eventually the playing field leveled out. Everyone yeah, got up. Everyone else got <laughs> smartphones. But I was like, for for one year, I had a clear cut advantage because I could just access the internet and make my ad drops anywhere it was it it literally changed the way you play famous smartphones at least changed the way you play fantasy sports yes and what it also does it does you you can find recipes for sweet potato pie and everyone who wants to well we know know, nobody in suffolk makes it better than you come enter the content it's funny because i live in nassau right well you went out of county well sometimes you have to you know to show your talents in another <laughs> show your talents in another county because I can't keep winning the stuff here it's just it's, I have to give other people a chance so I go that's to why South you're the champion you just go from county to county and embarrass everybody else that's what I do we only have two counties luckily so I'm not going too far I wanna, actually you know but, what like you, I want to see you take down like the bagel boss in like a bagel challenge I feel like bagel boss is, <laughs> no one's talked about him for like three years I feel like he's got to make a comeback at some point I've no, I don't know how to make bagels you don't have to make them I think you just got to have like a bagel eating contest or maybe a bagel throwing oh. contest maybe because he's very angry. 
A bagel toss? Bagel a bagel toss. toss. <laughs> they have holes for oh, this. Perfect. I love they do a nice I was toss. really into Bagel Boss when it happened. I was that got captivated me for like a solid two months. Yeah, man. That was that was a crazy yeah. story. That was a crazy story. And I thought it was staged at first, but no, no he, he was, was. Really crazy. That guy Remember he was nuts. gonna box uh, who was he gonna box? It was a Met. I the remember car wash that. Guy. I don't remember which one. Steroids. Lenny Dykstra. He was going to yes. box Lenny Dykstra. Yes. <laughs> and then Lenny pulled out. Yeah. Speaking of the Mets, did you watch the 30 for 30 no. on no, 86? I'm not <laughs> you, de- you definitely should the, the watch it. The last thing I want to watch after seeing the Yankees get eliminated from the playoffs is watching the Mets Ooh. win a championship. Well, no, you're <laughs> You're not watching. It's the story behind. Yeah, the I don't season. want to know. Um, the and, and their development, dude. It's nuts. It's funny because like it's crazy. <laughs> I've been I've been catching heat from Mets fans for like two days now, and <laughs> in the back of my mind, I'm like, I just if the Giants and Dodgers were still in New York, it'd be a lot more acceptable considering they have a good history. <laughs> I'd much rather catch heat from Giants and Dodgers fans than from Well, their, the colors, their colors are from... Well, right? their well colors everyone from knows the Dodgers how I feel the like Giants. the Mets are the most unoriginal franchise in the history of professional sports. They got the pinstripes from the Yankees, they got the orange from the Giants, they got the blue from the Dodgers, uh, and they stole the facade from the uh, from uh, Ebbets Field. So, you know, if they can come up even, with an original dude, idea... Oh, they have the apple, that's great. That doesn't even the Mets don't even bother me. It's just funny when teams uh, never have. have. <laughs> it's just they had what they had what first place for like a hundred some games. <laughs> they ended up under five hundred. I was like, you yeah, was this like, year it was like halfway through really? the year, halfway through the season. Yeah, they were in first place. Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah, that's all right. That goes to show you it's a long season. It man, does. Anything it can happen. Is, you know. So. Well, yeah, I discussed this last night on the live stream. I, don't know I was rooting for the Cardinals part, last but... night, man. I was real, like, I was like, oh, please let the Dodgers lose. <laughs> I need someone with a higher payroll to lose. <laughs> yeah, man. No, it didn't uh, happen. Unfortunately, he's dead to me. I watched the White Sox get crushed today. I was like, "There's no hope. It's the Rays, the Astros, or the Red Sox. My life is miserable. I don't even care who wins the NL pennant; just win the World Series." Well, most people think whoever wins the Dodgers Giants should win the World Series. That's that's kind of the the prevailing. We'll see. Theory. I don't know. I, I I do like the Brewers. Yeah, they have a great Corbin story. Corbin Burns is amazing. They have so an excellent we'll story, but but the Dodgers are resilient. I don't know. I'll give them that much. Yeah, man. We'll see. And the Giants. Everyone keeps waiting for the Giants to the yeah the uh, shooter drop. Makes me miserable. Like that should be a seven game series. <laughs> It's uh, wasted. What are you their do? first playoff appearance, their first playoff appearance against each other, and it's a five game series. I just, I hate the five game series. Just do yep. seven. What are you gonna do? I don't know. Get rid of Manfred. What you can do about it. <laughs> I used to like. No, I used to like. I I remember in the other sports, I used to like the five game because there's a lot more. Um, sense of urgency is higher, right? You have less. Uh, yeah, of, you have more less. chances. I, just, I don't know. It just feels too short. So, it just a shot on like short series. Well, the thing in a short series is normally it's, it evens out the playing field a little bit. In a longer series, the better team should win. Uh, in a shorter series, you, anything could happen. I guess. So, but, but, but yeah, so we'll move on from the a little sports talk. Like I said, last night on the live stream, I did talk about the Yankees a little bit. So It's fine. I uh, needed to vent. <laughs> if you wanted to get anything about the Yankees out, you can now. Uh, if you want to go down that road. 
No, I'm done. I'm done. I, you done? I'm done. I, <laughs> I got a lot to say. So, so I don't then, want to say it here. It's not the time or the place. <laughs> All right. So first, let me thank everyone, all of you who watched last night. I checked the numbers. We had about I had about 30, 35 viewers, which is pretty cool for just me and by myself. I was I was happy I reached that many people. So <laughs> I want to thank everyone who watched uh, Be Solo. And one of the reasons um, one of the reasons I did the live stream is to announce to everyone our partnership with Manscaped. Mm-hmm. So as you, uh, Pete and I are very um, excited about this. Like I said, very last well night, someone's. <laughs> right it means someone and it means that we're getting noticed in a larger sense so that's yeah. pretty cool as well um and of course we thank our fans for that because if you guys weren't following mm-hmm. us and watching us and listening to us we wouldn't no one would notice us our numbers wouldn't be high enough for people to see so i want to thank you all for that but so guys let me sit, call this out really quickly don't forget you get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code gotham at manscape manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the code gotham it'll unlock your confidence and make sure you always use the right tools for the job with manscape yeah so yeah, Pete and I have both used the products. Mm-hmm. They sent them nice to us generously. We bo- really, right? Uh, my, to be honest, the favorite, th- my favorite thing out of this whole thing they sent us was the boxers. I thought they were literally. Th- they are literally the most comfortable pair of underwear I've ever worn in my life. I was like, oh my god! Like, yeah, it was, I was. I was shocked. I didn't expect it to be that legit. You know. Um, so I really love that. Uh, the uh, and the nose and ear trimmer actually too. You know, sometimes my my nostrils get a little crazy, but um, no, that was great. I, I was actually in I was in need for a new one, so I'm happy that came with it. Uh, the razor was great. I've heard a lot about the the 4.0 lawnmower 4.0. Uh, you know, uh, so I actually believe it or not, first thing I did, I gave, I gave it a real test. I I used it to line up my beard, and I was really impressed. I was like, I was like, I gotta see what this thing can do with stuff that uh, people can see, you know, because only only a select few get to see the uh, the gobble and meatballs. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, the razor was legit. I love the little light on there. Uh, it, I'm sure it does the trick down under. Um, I can't wait to use it down there. Uh, but yeah, that and the uh, the uh, my my, my one of my favorite products, the uh, crop reviver. I think that is. Yes. I like to call it ball. Yes, clone, that is. But they call it ball. Uh, smells great. <laughs> that. Yeah, the toner, yeah. that's the one. It, it gives a little bit of a fresh feeling when you spray nice it down cool, there. You know? it's, right. It cools the situation. Everyone likes nice, warm meatball parm, but you know what? <laughs> uh, cold leftovers are good too, so. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and as we just come out of the summer, I mean, they, we obviously mm-hmm. now the situation mm-hmm. usually is bad, but during the summer, I'm sure this is, is, is even more, comes more yeah. in handy. Uh, that time so guys all, again we're vouching for this stuff go go and go to manscape.com again 20% off plus free shipping when you used our code Gotham over tons there. of good products lots and, of good stuff there yep and even for women uh, there's there's even stuff there for women so if you you if the guys listening want to get stuff for their ladies I mean, and even, vice versa even the women who are listening you know holiday season's coming up you know I'm sure you got to see yep. another uh, and uh, I'm sure you more than most want things uh, kept clean <laughs> so <laughs> this is a win-win for everybody I guess <laughs> that's true uh, who's ever visiting your your nether yeah. regions will be happy so <laughs> so again guys uh Go over there, check that out for us, and promo uh, code Gotham. Yeah. yeah, promo code Gotham. Definitely go go do that quick. So we're not going to talk about this all show. We're, we ha- we have our show for you as we always do. So we'll get right into that going forward. Um, so let's start with 
uh, something that's near and dear to my heart. Everyone knows Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I'm actually no, wearing a Mandalorian T-shirt right Wars. now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they released a line of action figures, or they're going to release a line of action figures. Start. I'm sorry, Hasbro with George Lucas as the face <laughs> of of Stormtrooper. Oh, they're calling it the Black Series. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I saw this was on the Hollywood Reporter. It was I, we we saw this little thing and man, it really does they, look. Yeah, like they it. got a like, really great head sculpt on there. Nobody may, uh, honestly for uh, for the price point, no one makes action figures better than Hasbro. So you know that's uh, that Star Wars Black Series has been around for a little bit and uh, really great looking figures. Um, and it's just it, it's kind of cool, you know. It, it really is. It has a removable mask, so you can put a mask on him if you need a stormtrooper. You got it. If you want to break the fourth wall uh, with George, you can do that. And uh, it's the classic stormtrooper look. And uh, really interesting. Um, in the article, they mentioned that uh, Lucas, the re- in his negotiation rights for Empire Strikes Back, he gave the distribution rights and all that stuff to Fox, as long as he can have the merchandising rights. And it, you know, I, yep. it, obviously that that took care took care of him pretty well. And then he recently resold it to Disney for about four billion, which the article <laughs> stated Disney made their money back in six years. So I think everyone's pretty happy. I don't know if George can spend money fast enough. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how much that Lucas Ranch costs to uh, keep up, but I, I think he's got enough cash to do it. So, yeah, it's also on top of everything he had made yeah. before he sold <laughs> sold Star Wars. I'm sure he's got so sure George Lucas right too. Like you can't make an action figure without getting his likeness rights. So I'm sure he's making oh, a pretty definitely. penny. Him and Nicholson, the likeness is expensive. Definitely, yeah. he's he's making plenty of money. But it, yeah, it's a very cool figure. Uh, it's it's going to be a six inch size, so it's a very ni- it's a nice size, and you have the helmet to go on top, so that's good too. So you could put his helmet on, take it off, you have that nice. Are you going to get it's one? The traditional. I definitely will get one. Of are you going to get two? Get one. one for Stormtrooper and one for George. You're just going to get one. I'll probably get one of each. There you go. I'll probably get one of each. I won't open them either. I'll just keep them in the box. Um, or maybe if – depending on the demand for them. I and mean, if they're really hard to get, then I'll maybe I'll do one of each and oh, – like one of each of the – or two of each, sorry, and then keep one you of the You think Rick's going to get one? I don't even know if Rick would know that. <laughs> To be honest with you, so. I think he's still really excited about that uh, that meme we made. Oh, that was great! <laughs> Sleep. I have an entire album on my phone called "Sleeping Shoe" of me of just pictures of Rick. I'm waiting to post. That's scary on one hand, <laughs> but also I can't wait to see those. So that's pretty uh, pretty funny. But yeah, oh, that was hysterical. By the way, good times. Good job. That was funny. Very, very funny. Sleeping <laughs> oh, shoe. Anyway, yes. You can do like a whole series of like a montage of sleeping oh shoe. My God. <laughs> <It'd> be- <laughs> All right, my brain is going That's working so overdrive now. We gotta oh, we gotta bring it back. Bring my brain back. Motley crew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love you, Rick. That is very true. That is very true. We kid because we love. Yes. That's why we kid because we love, of course. All right. So moving right along, something that is a love of Frank Thomas, apparently. Uh, baseball Hall, Hall of Famer Frank Thomas. As Pete and I, as you know, we're big baseball fans. Frank Thomas was a huge when I was um, a the teenager. Yeah, the big hurt. Frank Thomas was 
not only a great baseball player, but he was just a larger than life yes, man. He was. Still is. <laughs> yeah, still is. Still is. Now he's doing what? Oh, Nugenics commercials. Uh, Nugenics commercials. He's uh, right now. He's doing the Fox uh, pre and post game shows for the Major League Baseball playoffs on Fox Sports One. Yeah. Uh, he's a uh, great talent. Love listening to his insight. Uh, been a big fan of the Big Hurt for many, many decades now. Yeah, but apparently he bought controlling interest in All Star Paul Park Heaven at the Field of Dreams movie site. That's great. Um, yeah, so he now owns that. I believe um, he's the CEO, and then there's an ex Dodgers uh, official, yes, Dan Evans, who is yes. the COO. And uh, to be honest with you, I like Frank Thomas. I like Frank Thomas as a person. Uh, back when all that steroid stuff was going on, Frank pretty much offered his his veins to, to, to yep. basically say I'm not guilty, and uh, you know he was one of the f- one of the few superstars to do that. Uh, Frank's a good guy, and you could, I just feel like this is in good hands. I'd rather it be in Frank Thomas's hands than the hands of some guy who doesn't really care about baseball or doesn't care about the field or the integrity of that of that site. Right. So I think Frank will take care of it. I think it's the best possible scenario to be perfectly honest with you. Just the fact that it's in the hands of someone who actually cares about the sport and the event and all that. And, right. you know, the, the field of dreams games was a huge hit this summer. Yeah. Uh, we all talked about it. We talked about it on this show. It was talked about yes, we did. Throughout, uh, throughout the interwebs. So this is just great news. Uh, I'm happy for Frank. Uh, again, just overall great person. I know Zeddy's probably the happiest person alive. He's a big Frank Thomas fan. <laughs> Yes, big White Sox mm-hmm. fan, big Frank Thomas fan. So yeah, I mean, uh, clearly this is cool uh, having a baseball, former baseball player, buy this. Um, like you said, it's going to be in good hands, and I'm I'm wondering what ha- what he'll do now with the game every year. How he'll go about being part of it, and um, if he just leaves it to MLB or if he, he, he has some seem input to on what the they type do. of guy who wants to be oh. all up in the video, like Shug Knight once said about uh, Park Daddy. <laughs> he seems to be kind of uh, behind the scenes keeps to himself I, I i don't think this is about frank thomas as much as it's about you know passion for baseball I, I i don't see frank getting in the way of anything i just i see this as more of an upkeep thing and again i, I think it's in the right hands yeah man i agree i think it's again anytime a former athlete in the sport comes back and does something mm-hmm. in the sport i always like love that like there you know he not only is he gonna is a former athlete former baseball player but he's also someone you know is going to take care of the site and make sure it's up um the upkeep mm-hmm. is always right and and that so includes, very, everything. Very cool. it includes the two baseball fields the one from the movie the one for the field of dreams game it includes the cornfield it includes the house like he bought he bought it all so uh him and mm-hmm. his uh investor group so i just again just it's just great news it really is it, it, it just it's gonna keep up with the integrity of what that field stands for yeah it had it had previously been um owned by one group and then managed by mm. another and now he just bought the whole thing and yeah he's doing it all himself so shout out to frank thomas that's awesome um and again the fact that he was he's a white sock is cool too because in the movie obviously yeah it, uh, it's all yeah, connected right so yeah so it's very very awesome so uh Pretty cool deal for Frank Thomas. Uh, Moving right along, let's bounce into another uh, favorite of yours. Um, As we all know, Pete is not a huge fan of the MCU Spider-Man movies, but he is a huge fan of the Sam Raimi movies. Uh, And there was an article in The Hollywood Reporter that said that because of Spider-Man 3, which is clearly the worst, to me, is the worst Spider-Man movie. I'll just put that out there. Wait, wait, Um, you think Spider-Man 3 is worse than Spider-Man Amazing 2? Yeah, I do. 
I think you're way off I on do. that. But okay. I just, I'm sorry, you're way off. <laughs> well, I like there's certain things in Spider-Man too, like the Gwen's death, and there's certain things, and I love. Um, the yeah, it's cool that she died between Garfield the hands of her own goblin. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm just there's things like I hadn't seen that before, right? So that was cool that they did it in that film. And there's just certain things about. I agree, it's a mess. Totally, uh, the movie is crazy. It's the worst goblin in the world. Yes, that was yeah, so bad. Yeah, it was um, like all of that sucks. But um, Spider-Man Three has a lot of good things to it as well. But to me, it's just more of a mess. Like they really, really tried to jumble way too much in it. And when was the last time you uh, watched it? I watched the director's cut last year. Okay. Uh, so I've watched it recently. But yeah, to me, it's the worst of the three. But it, of those, of the original three, Sam, yes, I'll give you that. Well, yeah, definitely that. But no, I think it's the worst of all. But that's fine. We don't need to go down that road. Uh, but for Raimi, uh, because it was reviewed so bad and received so bad, when the call came for Doctor Strange, he was kind of he kind of wasn't sure... Uh, what do you want to do? And this is his quote. He said, I didn't know that I could face it again because it was so awful having been the director of Spider-Man 3. The internet was getting revved up and people disliked that movie and they sure let me know about it. So it was difficult to take back on. But then I found out that there was an opening on Doctor Strange 2. My agent called me and said, they're looking for a director at Marvel for this movie and your name came up. Would you be interested? And he said, I thought, I wonder if I could still do it. So it was cool that- I think um, you should talk to Zack Snyder. If he wants to complain about the internet, people reacting to his superhero movie. Well, that's the weird part about Spider-Man 3 because the internet, social media was in its infancy uh, when that movie came out. And now it's such a big thing and people are still talking. People will still talk about that yeah, film. As they do BVS. Uh, so, yep. Well, it's even older than mm-hmm. BVS. So like you're going back a long time. Yeah. And he he goes on to give credit to Scott Derrickson who did the first Doctor Strange, which I love. I know you. I don't think you're a huge fan of it, but I, I gotta love give that it movie. a second watch. Um, so, um, yeah, so it's cool that he's taking it on. He did agree mm. to it because outside of Spider Man Three, I liked. I love the first two films. Yeah, Spider-Man no, I'm and, with you. Spider Man Two. So, if you want to hear more <clears throat> nice things about Spider Man Three, you can head on over to the <laughs> Italian Spider Man Coalition podcast for me and Sausage and Meatball, Nico and Nick. We talk about it in a little bit more kinder light. But um, yeah, I mean, look, I think Raimi is a fantastic director. Dark Man, Spider Man, uh, uh, what's it called? Right. Evil Dead, all that stuff. I, Every every director is entitled to a dud, you know. And if that's Spider Man yeah. three, and I'm okay with that, I I personally don't hate it. Um, you know, I'm I, you know I've definitely grown fonder over over the years. Um, but I would be really upset if that movie was the reason we wouldn't get another CBM from Sam Raimi. I know, I, and I think he could direct anything. I think Sam Raimi could direct a Superman movie, a Batman movie. He could direct a Hulk. I I I don't think this man is limited in any specific genre or by any specific character. I think he's that good of a director and he loves He loves comic books. He's a first and foremost, he is a comic book fan. And, you know, in the article he stated that while Dr. Strange isn't his favorite, he's among the favorites. So, you know, he clearly yes. has a sense of the character and a passion for the character. And I would be upset if he, if he said no to this, because even though I wasn't as fond as, of Dr. Strange as you are, uh, Dr. Strange one, uh, having Sam Raimi aboard for Dr. Strange two, 
really gets my gears going, you know, especially considering, you know, it's coming off of it's coming up after uh, far uh, no way home. Correct. So who knows? Uh, There's always a lot. There's been a lot of Toby talk involved in no way home. Who knows if he has some kind of carry effect, (laughs) you know, people have been bringing up because it does have multiverse in the title and Dr. Strange is in no way home. So it could be (laughs) a weird uh, little sequel there or a companion piece, but you know, uh, I'm just right. I'm happy that Sam is taking the reins of this movie. Now, you haven't watched Loki and you haven't watched What If. Uh, I haven't uh, watched that. I'm, I'm caught up on What If except for this week's episode. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen this. Which is the finale, season. I believe, yeah, right? So that's cool. So you see that – you see the elements of the multiverse yeah. already being mm-hmm. played, especially at the end of Loki and then going um, now into What I If. I got to catch up on stuff. Loki. So they're obviously – they're obviously going down that road now, and um, I like that Raimi is doing a movie about the multiverse. I I like how he, you know, he could pull in from a lot of his own experiences from shooting mm-hmm, horror mm-hmm. and other things that he's done, and put it in a movie like that. So I'm re- and we had heard that um, Doctor Strange two has elements of that in it. So yeah, I'm glad he decided yeah. to do it. I'm glad, but it's also cool. I think it's cool that when a di- you can see a director actually cares about a project so much that he would he's afraid to touch it again like it's it kind of you know he kind he's kind of checking himself mm-hmm. there and i think it's cool obviously we all know artists are insecure uh directors are artists so it should but it's just really cool to hear that you know he didn't want to, he wasn't sure if he could do it like he wanted to make sure that if he was going to do this again it's something he could pull off and that was just a really cool thing for me to read so if you guys want to check out that article again, it's on Hollywood Reporter. There's also it's on our Facebook group, it's on um, our Facebook page, it's on our Twitter feed. It's it's yes. everywhere. But yeah, no, I'm like you. I'm I'm just I'm happy that Sam's back in the genre. I can't wait. Like that's that's my main attraction to this Doctor Strange movie is, is having Raimi back. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to bring up the. We're going to stick in the in the Marvel universe adjacent uh, because we had another good box office report about a CBM. And of course, I'm talking about Venom: Let There Be Carnage, which opened had a ninety million dollar opening weekend, which was yes, which was the highest of of since mm-hmm. the pandemic. Uh, for so it was pretty damn awesome, um, and it's even more awesome because it's got it's not critically acclaimed. The cinema score is only a B plus, uh, <laughs> so like oh, it's kind of cool, but. Uh, that this movie is doing well again i haven't seen it yet pete i know you actually went and mm-hmm. saw it today we'll discuss it after i see it uh but i just wanted to bring it up because it is a pretty cool story and it's again another good sign that people are going back to yeah. the movies for the films that they want to yeah, see it, it, it's so the first venom uh made a lot of money it seemed like people really enjoyed it, it yes it was a movie that walking out of the theater i didn't like but as i've re-watched it i've actually really grown to enjoy that movie uh, I feel like the series is very self-aware of what it is, and I appreciate that. Um, I'm happy that this movie is making money. I'm happy that people went out and saw it. At the same time, though, it does kind of bum me out because I think while Suicide Squad is a better movie, no one went to go see it, right? And that I feel like it's not that far removed from where Venom is. You know, like I feel like, you know, you could have seen it. Um, so it's a little think, disheartening. But- but again, Venom has had some positive fan reaction and people like seem to have really reacted positively to this franchise. And I'm happy people are going out and seeing the movies again. I mean, to, you know, I went to go see it today and actually, believe it or not, I was the only – again, I was the only person in my theater when I went at uh, 1.30 this <laughs> afternoon. So, I think the Suicide Squad uh, 
and we discussed this in the past, but I think the Suicide Squad suffered from a bunch of different things. Um, so, and it's not, let's be honest, Venom is part of the Spider-Man universe and people know the character very well. Uh, so I think it just that lends more to people going to see it saying, oh, it's Venom. You know, Spider-Man's either second or depending on what stat you look at, he's either second or third fav- most famous um, superhero character. So, you know, I think that people see that they see Venom. They're like, oh, he's you know Jason Spider-Man. And then uh, he's it's cool. Like the symbiote, the symbiote, the CGI for symbiote is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one thing I did like in the first. He looked film. great. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think that's another reason why people will go back to see this. But it's just a really good sign again that it may it's make like you said it's making money. Um, it's it's the highest in the pandemic since the pandemic um started and since we had the reopening of things. So, very very cool story. Uh, about that and just a really good sign again for movie theaters going forward that people do want to go back and see yeah i mean i remember you know everyone was saying how movie theaters are dead but i i clearly think that that's been proven wrong you know i was one of the ones who worried i I all know that the streaming age is in its infancy and it it, you know at some point it'll it seems to be a a dominant thing you know inevitably it probably will be but I, i just i don't see movie theaters going away i think that I couldn't tell you how excited I was just to get a popcorn. Like it was, to be brutally honest, like, <laughs> you know, the last two movies I saw in the theater were the Suicide Squad and Venom. And, you know, I had a blast at both times just being in the theater and I love my recliner right. and my soda. And my, it's, I, I, nothing can replace the theater experience. I don't care how big your TV is. I, I don't care what it's kind true. of home theater setup you have in your house. It, you know, the social interaction, just, you know, saying hi to, just making a few quick jokes with the person, you know, at the concession stand, you know, just interaction. So like getting out and just not being a hermit, like it's, there's those little things that the movie theater experience can provide for you are also great. So I, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I love it. You know, some people, while well, they love the, the more fancy like Alamo draft houses, like Ryan Haas, where they can get their adult beverages and probably a, I don't know, a filet mignon while they're watching their movie. You know, those are great too. Uh, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think they'll have to revamp a little bit, but um, it, it seems like it's in a good spot coming back from this yeah yeah I, like i said for the mo- for specific movies especially the big blockbuster ones i think people are always going to go mm. now i'm always going to want to go see them on the big screen they are an imax or however yeah. you however you consume your films i think people are always going to want that experience um until the, we get people having imax uh, theaters in their own homes i think <laughs> i think we're pretty safe I mean, with that I, going I mean, forward who could afford that outside of frank thomas <laughs> oh yeah clearly frank thomas right he's the one right now so let's switch gears we did a little bit of a we had a little bit of a marvel segment let's switch gears a little bit more to dc and ben affleck actually spoke about um returning to the set to play batman Ooh. in the flash uh he was doing a um red carpet appearance for his george clooney directed movie george clooney directed him in this movie called the tender bar which actually is an is about a experience of a Long Islander, so uh, oh. I, I didn't know that before. Wait, I how did article, they not now cast I do, you in this movie? I don't know. I got to get on my Tony agent for George that. Been spending too much time in that California drought, <laughs> jerk. So, but he did. He was asked about uh, you know playing Batman again in the Flash, and he. This is his quote. He said it was a really nice way to revisit that, as the prior experience had been difficult. He says it was really lovely, really fun. He said, I had a great time. He said he's probably under a gag order. He really is not even supposed to say anything. 
He also talked about getting to see Ezra Miller again and Jason Momoa, who is making Aquaman. And the shoot was in England, which we know. Mm. So um, we know that. So that was just a pretty cool thing to hear. And once again, to reaffirm, because people, I don't think people still believe that he's he was going to actually appear in the yeah. movie. Well, um, you know, I, I, re- I saw the reactions, all the uh, hyperbole reactions on Twitter uh, to this. And to be honest with you. I'm going to take a little bit of slight of a nega. I, I, I'm glad you had fun, dude, but, uh, you know, you still quit on us. And, uh, you know, I, I know the justice league was not the best experience, but you, that doesn't affect the fact that you had Batman by the balls. You were writing it, you were directing it, you were producing it. And that shouldn't have prevented you from not, you know, like one experience shouldn't prevent it when you're in control. I'm sorry that that justice league experience shouldn't have prevented you from making your own movie. So I'm glad you're, I'm glad you had fun, but at the same time you did quit on us and I'm just kind of over you. Like, I, I am. I'm just. I'm over this era of DC uh, Batman on film, uh, and, and you know, no pun intended. But uh, I'm. I'm ready to move on. I, I hope this is his last appearance, and I hope the, you know, people who are obsessed with him, uh, you know, uh, get their, you know, their, I guess their last laugh or whatever. But you know, no one was a bigger supporter of Affleck in the role than I was. But you know, again, I'm glad you had fun doing it. Uh, you still quit on us, so I. I don't forgive you for that. So. I think. I mean, obviously, we know that. He was also going through some personal problems with his in his former marriage. He was he was getting a divorce from Jennifer Garner. That he caused. Um, he had fallen off. <laughs> he caused the drama in his well, whole life. Well, that's fine, but when you're not, I'm glad he didn't do a project that we all would have loved to see if he wasn't really there for it. Yeah, I mean, he checked and out. Think, March and that's how 25th, I look like at 2016. So. Which is fine. Like, I, that's fine. But I, I would rather him not do something for a character that I love and half-ass it. Like, if you're going to be there, if you, he was going to do it, I want him to be fully engaged, fully invested. Yeah, Let's I mean, go. if you're going to get paid, do a job. And, and do it. So the fact that he he was man enough to back out, because let's be honest, he could have done this movie and based on name alone and obviously the following that he has he has garnered from from uh, BVS mm. and then Justice League, like people would have gone to see yeah. it. It probably would have done very well. So he it's not like he walked away from something that was possibly going to be good. It was probably he walked away from something that he knew he could make a lot of money doing because he wasn't it. His heart wasn't in it. So I respect him for that, but I agree with you. I'm oh, I'm done with I'm hoping this is the last time we see him as Batman. Uh, I'm hoping that he gets a pretty cool send-off in the film. I don't have any idea what they're how they're going to do it. I have my own theories. Um but I'm just hoping that after this we can move forward and fully embrace whatever they're doing in that portion of the DC film. Affleck's like tenure as, a- as Batman brings me back to too many memories of A Rod and the Yankees. It was just always like always some drama, always something stupid. A Rod just because like it's just tabloid heaven. Like the post went crazy. Like A Rod had A Rod was this girl in a hotel. A Rod did this. A Rod had the syringe. A Rod's in front of it's like it was one story after another. And at some point you're just beat down and beat down. And like man. I just want this guy to go, and uh, you know, like you know, like an athlete. You know, unlike an athlete, you can't trade an actor, <laughs> you know, or a director. That's true. So cannot, there's only one way that's, that's given in the trade an actor. It's just like I was just the drama. I was like, I'm so over this. I would much rather deal yeah, with the I fake Pattinson you. making love to Zoe Kravitz on the Batmobile. Click, <laughs> yeah, pregnant. I got pregnant. Like I'd much rather deal with that stupidity that uh, all the idiots on Twitter believe than having to deal with actual news written in the uh, uh, Hollywood Reporter. Like J.L. Levis says, don't believe it unless you see it in the trade. So. 
That's crazy. I still can't believe that story came out. Anyway, I'm sticking it with the Flash. We talked about one Batman. Let's talk about the, the other I'm one. Excited to see the goat. Yeah. So Mike. So Michael Keaton was on um, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert, mm-hmm. and he was talking about his new Hulu series Dope Sick, which if you got if you haven't seen it, guys, it's actually pretty cool. Is that what you've um, been watching? So in Supergirl. Go and check it out. <laughs> I actually haven't watched okay. it all. I watched a couple episodes. I've also been watching Midnight Mass on Netflix, which we could talk about some other. Everyone's been raving about that. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, but speak. But back to Keaton. Uh, Colbert asked him about could he still wear the bat suit and uh, if it still fit, and he said yes, it fits perfectly. So Colbert obviously was joking. He's like, did it need to be let out a little bit? You know, and he was like, no. Uh, he said that it fit same dimensions, same fitting, it fit perfectly. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I wish I could fit into things that yeah, I. Yeah, I want to know what, uh, <laughs> what Keaton's dietary plan is because clearly it's better than mine. Uh, I, I I love that Keaton has a personality. I love that he's joking around. He seems to be very confident. He seems to be very positive about this. Uh, I can't. I, I'm dying to see it. I mean, we're going to see a trailer in about ten days, I imagine. Yeah. So we're getting really close uh, to seeing something involving uh, the Flash film, and uh, you know, I'm just. Again, uh, there's a whole generation of people who uh, need to be reminded why Keaton uh, was the right man for the job in 1989. No one seemed to believe it, but Tim Burton, uh, you know, Tim Burton had to convince the great Michael Houston as well. I've heard that story. You can check out Batman on Film on YouTube uh, from my interview, Mr. Yu. He talks about that in detail. Uh, it's just, it's just great to see. I, I just. You know, I, I've I've been very worried about this Flash movie because I feel like it's biting off a lot more than it can chew. But having Keaton there, it, it is kind of settling because I don't think he's a guy who accepts projects that he's you know for for money. I I don't I don't think he does that. I think he actually believes in this movie, and um, I just I, I can't wait to see what they do. Um, I'm excited for this Batman uh, union that he's going to create as well. He said <laughs> there's there's a clip in the article where he discussed making a. <laughs> Uh, a union, have a union hall, getting everyone and all together, and so because of the various Batman uh, that have been played the role. Yeah, so, uh, just yeah, he said there's 77 Batmans. Yeah, so you feel so. <laughs> so yeah, I agree, man. It's just it's just uh like you said, this was a project we've been hearing about for years, and now it's actually we know it's being filmed, and uh, he's in it, and I'm just really looking forward to. That's one of the movies I'm really looking forward to. Uh, because it's just been so so long in production, and uh, having Keaton, um, and having Keaton in it, that it's still crazy that he can still wear this suit that he <laughs> he wore so I, long I'm ago. I'm actually curious oh, as if he actually wore the suit. Like, I feel like Robert Downey Jr. The last time he wore an Iron Man suit was in Iron Man, right? Like, <laughs> now they have the technology. Yeah. Like, I I don't know if I don't I believe Michael Shannon didn't wear any of that armor in Man of Steel, so. They could CGI yeah, anything so. on you at this point, and uh, I, you know, I hope to God that, uh, you know, he's wearing rubber and he can't turn his neck. To be brutally honest, I, I really want the. Uh, I'm really dying to see, and I want to. I want that aesthetic to stay the same that they created in '89 uh, and in return. So, I, I'm. I'm just. I can't wait till Fandom. So I'm just pumped. Yes, Fandom. We'll get to Fandom in a little while. Uh, we'll talk about Fandom a little more in a little while, but. Yeah, I agree with you. I just I hope we get some. We should definitely get something there. So for the Flash, so hopefully we see something soon. So we did get a clip, a first little first look clip about the Peacemaker show that's coming out on HBO Max, as we know. Um, it's a fun little little clip. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, it's a cute little thing that they did as part of the um, obviously promoting mm-hmm. was a little vignette shot for HBO to promote. Um, and it in Europe, they did a little thing for the promotion in, in Europe. A couple of the cool things that come out the these pet he has a pet bit on um, Bald Eagle, <laughs> which is called Eagly. Yes. <laughs> only makes sense. <laughs> Right, so that right. If you since we saw him in Suicide Squad, we know exactly the kind of character he is. So that was pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, it's a cute little thing. He's he's sitting at they're in like a diner or a cafe, and it's the four people from Waller's office mm-hmm. uh, sitting there, and they see him from a distance, and they're and making his, all these jokes. Car is and, basically an American flag. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very cute. So um, what did you I think? I thought it was great. Um, I, I loved it. It, it. It's totally in tone with everything that we have learned from Peacemaker, but, you know, m- m- smaller bullets, all that stuff, you know, like, everything that he was, you know, uh, dope as fuck. Like it's, uh, you know, just everything that Peacemaker was in Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad seems to have carried over in this show. Obviously, James Gunn wrote it. He, uh, he directed some of the episodes. Uh, I'm excited for this. I can't wait. Uh, you know, I, I know nothing about Peacemaker. I know he's making a resurgence in comic books. Uh, so it, it's cool to see. He seems like a very interesting character. And uh, I'm looking forward to learning more about this guy. Uh, and just, you know, I, I don't need, really need to know the origins as much as I just need to see more of them. And also we're getting a vigilante as well, uh, which is a really cool uh, vigilante yep. character. <laughs> so, Yeah. So yeah, guys, if you haven't seen it yet, you can, it's all over the place. You can just search for it. But again, this was done specifically for the HBO launch in Europe, uh, which is coming. When is it coming? It's coming soon. I don't know. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming soon. So, so all of our European listeners, because we do have some. Yeah, Podbean tells us we look do. at our. Yes, Podbean tells us that we have European listeners. You will be getting HBO Max soon. It's weird though that they're getting it and Canada is not. <laughs> That's a little bit of a weird borders closed uh, situation. <laughs> of I well, think I have to talk to Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird that Europe is getting HBO Max before Canada. That's just funny to me. So I don't, I don't know. I know they have that Crave channel up there, so maybe that covers all HBO Max content, and they have a contract. It's maybe we should start a petition dot org and see if we can get Biden to change things. Get HBO Max up in Canada. <laughs> That'd be interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. See if we could do that. So, Pete, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about um, the web t- web two being made. Yes, yeah, so episode forty nine, where we talked about that, and then Batman Day, which I didn't, I don't think we talked about this, so we can throw this in now. Um, DC Comics announced that a, there will be a webtoon called Batman Wayne Family Adventures, and it's a live action uh, webtoon. It's a live action show. Now. The ca- they list the cast. I don't know any of these people. I have people. no clue who they are either. Uh, it, was, it was a cartoon, but now it's getting live action. So. Right. Uh, yeah, but they did release some set photos, and I will say the Red Hood looks pretty cool. Yeah, he looks cool. I, uh, I you know, I'm going to give – I kind of prefer the version we got on Titans just from the look of them. Um, I'm not a big fan of the bat on the chest. They both have that, but this one seems – the one in uh, on the uh, webtoon seems to be elevated. Uh yeah, uh, cool. I don't. I'm interested to see what they do. Is this kind of because I know Webtoon is kind of kid oriented, so I'm wondering what kind of story this will be. I'm wondering the direction of this. I don't know if I'm the target audience for it. Um, but yeah, it definitely does seem like it's made for a younger audience. I don't even know. If, I don't even know uh, where to watch it to be honest with you. 
So, yeah, I don't know either. I don't believe the article says where it's going to be. I thought Webtoon was like so, a European thing. I can't. We talked when we talked about it on forty nine. I think we got into a little bit more detail about it, but I forgot about it by now. Yeah, it's Isma Hawk is the name of the um, the filmmaker mm-hmm. who's doing it, and they have a YouTube channel. Oh, so right, if you guys want to check this out. Yeah, go over there and look at it because that's probably where we'll see this um, unfold. But it is a pretty cool – it was a cool little article to read. And I just like that they're doing more things with a with the Bat family, right? Like we're getting more content. You could um, probably say Titans this, for that. Gotham Knights. Yep. Yep. Titans obviously this season especially. But Gotham Knights, the game, video game, we're getting a little bit more of that mm-hmm. going forward, which is very, very cool. So uh, – Everyone, I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll check it out. I'll check out an episode I, again, or two. Like I, like I said, it doesn't really seem yeah. down the audience for it, but I will definitely. I watch everything. I mean, I watch Batwoman for crying out loud, so I'll give it. A, I'll give it a view. You definitely do watch Batwoman. That's for Eric's sure. too busy watching his like. I don't. I don't know. I cinematography, don't I, uh, philanthropist, <laughs> uh, whatever, like filmography movies. I'm trying to watch good. I try to watch good content. Yeah. That's what I try and do. Yeah, just not content. We're talking about show. God Good forbid watches Batwoman just to talk about it on the show. You got me once with Gotham, Pete. That's that was enough. I had stopped watching Gotham. Gotham you let us to Manscaped, in. so therefore I think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That's a good That's point. All I'm say on this one. That is a good point. So, <clears throat> switching gears again a little bit to sports. Uh, so I I don't know if people know, but. <clears throat> at least I'm a big hockey fan. I know Pete's not as big a hockey fan as I am, but I am a big oh, New York Islanders now fan. Now we're making assumptions on the air. Jeez. <laughs> so I'm a big New York Islanders fan, and I ESPN used to have hockey years ago, and now they're bringing hockey mm-hmm. back. Um, they're splitting it with NBC with Warner Media. There's gonna they're gonna be showing some games on Turner Sports, and ESPN will have a little bit more of that that catalog. But what they're doing is something very smart which is during Monday Night Football, I believe it's next week, they're going to start showing little clips and tributes and things about the NHL to get, the get I guess, to try and win football audiences over to come watch hockey. Now, hockey is a very, is a very niche sport. It can be. Obviously, it's huge in Canada. It's pretty big here in the, in the New York area. Obviously, the Midwest, especially like Minnesota in that area, it's huge. Uh, much bigger up in Boston than it is in New York, but it's still big around here. Um, so it's kind of in this country, it's always been the, considered the fourth major sport. So I think this is actually a cool marketing idea for them to do where they're trying to bring over, um, get more people to watch. So Pete, since I've, since everyone knows that I'm a bigger, I'm a big hockey fan, uh, you being kind of lesser. Gee, one, well, do you, you mean lesser? I'm a devil's fan. I'm a very passionate and loyal devil's fan. Jeez. Mm-hmm. I've never heard you talk about. Who am I going to talk? Who what, you? Am I going to talk about you, the Islander fan? Like, like, why not? I could talk. I'll talk to. I'll talk. You, Devils. you watch as many it's Devils fine. games as I watch Islander games. Yeah, that's true. Like, Eric, yeah, I, I, geez. I, 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 well, I love just, just talk my place here. <laughs> we could just talk hockey. It's fine. Like we nobody just talks it. hockey. That's why it's yeah. the fourth major sport in the country. 
Um, I do. I enjoy, I enjoy hockey. I like hockey. So don't listen to Eric on this one. Uh, I, I, but I, I am excited. I, I'm pumped. You know, you, you got CBS, you got Fox, you got ESPN, you have NBC covering football. There's no reason why you can't have more than one network covering uh, hockey. I think it needs the exposure more than anything, uh, to be brutally honest with you. Um, yeah, like you, I, I did grow up watching NHL tonight. That's where I fell in love with Darren Pang and John Butch Gross. Uh, and of course, the great mullet yeah. was Barry Melrose. But uh, this is just great. I think hockey needs this. Uh, I just they need to do everything and everything to just try to get people on board because it's tough. I mean, in, in Jersey, it's a tough market. You got New York to your north. You got Philadelphia to your south, and it, it's tough because those are two passionate fan bases with three teams divided. You know, dividing that up. So it, it's tough in this area for Devils fans, uh, but it, it's a it's a positive it's a positive thing. Like I'm, I'm excited. It's just interesting. Like Warner Media and Disney, just just no matter what it is, they seem to be duking it out in every aspect. You know, they're streaming, yeah. they're in theaters, they're capes and tights. They seem to just they seem to just be exchanging blows at this point, and you know it, it's good for the fan. Uh, you know, they're the ones who are going to reap the benefits, and uh, you know it, it's it's just all positive. Uh, I don't know how many football fans are going to watch hockey on a Sunday, but uh, you know we'll, we'll see what happens. Right, I've, there's been talk about them kind of um, also for Turner at least adapting kind of the NBA and TNT where they have uh, you know they have Charles Barkley, Shaq, and Kenny Smith oh, and Ernie Johnson. Here's the thing: like for as good as their basketball coverage is, TNT's and TBS their baseball coverage is atrocious. So I don't know how much faith I put in Ernie Johnson talking hockey because he can barely talk baseball. <clears throat> No, 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 I don't know if he's going to be he probably will that be. He's show. He's the guy. But, he's the face of Turner Sports. But they, I think they kind of want to create a different vibe with it. So I don't know if he'll actually be the guy leading it. But they're supposed to do a similar show like that with the NHL. And I remember the the beginning of the NBA on TNT, and it took a while for them to uh, for uh, to get their footing. Uh, for those, it used to just be Kenny Smith, Barkley, and. Um, Ernie, and then they had a check when he retired. It was always so, great when it was Kenny and Chuck, though. Yep. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if this works because, uh, you know, like I said, football's, I mean, hockey's a very niche sport in this country. Obviously, in Canada, so for all Canada fans who listen to it, of course, our Canadian friends, they're probably listening to us like, what the hell are you talking about? Hockey's well, everybody's great. Reno. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, um, you know, it's it's just not here, and I don't know why because I love it. But I grew up; I was a little boy when the Islanders won their four Stanley Cups, so it was ingrained to be in me in a very young age. As was I during uh, the that Devils great sport. That's true. But That's again, like, again, but again, according to Eric, I don't watch hockey. I didn't say that. I didn't say I didn't watch hockey. I said I don't know if you're as big a fan as I am. That's all I said. Guy gets a brand new arena, Lord. and all of a sudden, he's Wayne Gretzky. No. <laughs> I live five minutes from that arena, and I'm telling you, it's looking sure, really nice. I'm sure it looks great. I've seen pictures. Really nice. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming together really, really good. They forgot about the barn. I don't. I will never forget about the barn. <laughs> I'll, I will forget about the long bathroom lines at the barn, and I will forget those because, oh man, I have stories. That's but that's. I a am different... upset. I never went to Barclays for a hockey game to see their off-center scoreboard. Dude, I went to a playoff game um, there. It was against the Penguins, I believe. And, uh, man, I've been to a couple hockey mm-hmm. games there, but I remember that one because it was just packed. It's just so weird. Like, you're looking straight, and then the Jumbo Trot is, like, over here to the left. Yes. <laughs> you're looking at the center 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 center. Like, oh, man. 
Yeah, what was it? The arena wasn't made for – it was made for basketball, as we know. It was made for the Nets. Um, Which is just poor Nets, construction so. on their part. Like, oh, my God. Not only did they make an ugly building, but it only serves one purpose. Yep. They really – No offense themselves. to all my friends who work at the Barclays Center, though. So no, no, hey. don't get mad at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's a it's a job. It's a job. So it's you know, I'm glad it's there. The Nets are actually going to be good this year. It pains me mm. to say that, but they are. So, um, you know, as a Nick fan, it pains me to say, but the be- they're, they're the best basketball team in New York. They definitely are. They are the best basketball team in New York. I'm not going to it's deny be, that. Sports radio will be fun this year. Uh, yeah, the Knicks were good, were good last year, so that was a welcome surprise. Uh, for me, during the pandemic, that they actually were I had something else to watch. Yeah. The Islanders and then the Knicks. Yeah, so now they got Kemba Walker, so we'll see what happens. Yep, that's true. See what happens going forward. So, last week, was last week, yeah, The Many Saints of Newark, which we had talked about on this show before. Obviously, we reviewed the trailers. The Many Saints of Newark was uh, released. Um, I went and saw it in the oh. theater. Pete, did you see it in the theater or did you watch I, it home? Uh, we made the uh, the decision to watch this the traditional way, which was Sunday, 9 o'clock after dinner. We got the family together awesome. after Sunday dinner and we watched uh, Sopranos like we, we did for so many years. I love That's, it. It's, it's, it's the one time where I, will, I'll, I sided with streaming openly and willingly because yeah. uh, it just it felt right to me to watch a Sopranos thing, you know, with my mom, my brother, at, you know, on a Sunday at nine. Like it just that's what it, like <laughs> it's funny because like I listen to <laughs> I listen to Justin and Garrett talk about how, raising kids and I'm no parent, but <laughs> they tell me what they let their kids watch and don't watch. And I'm like, I was watching Sopranos at like eight. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> and it's just it hits differently for for us you know just being jersey italians so it, exactly, it, was, yeah. it was almost like a rite of passage it wasn't like you know like I, I probably saw things i probably shouldn't have seen and heard things i probably shouldn't have but i think i turned you know i'm more friendly i just never mind but <laughs> it worked out for me um i to be honest i watched it twice I watched I, – I ran it back. I liked it that much. I was really into it. I know it's getting a lot of heat. Um, I have a feeling that a lot of people are are were expecting something epic. But The Sopranos wasn't epic based on one episode or one season. It was epic based on six seasons of just amazing, groundbreaking television. And I've told you this, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell anybody this. The Many Saints of Newark is not definitive Sopranos. It's not the greatest thing to come out of the Sopranos, but it, it's above and beyond better, better than anything with Kevin Finnerty. You know, like it's 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 in it's 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 in the middle there. It's like I said, it's not the greatest, but it's by God, is it not the worst thing that I've ever seen? Uh, all the younger versions of Sill, I enjoyed uh, Paulie, uh, Pussy, uh, probably my favorite Sopranos character of all time. Uh, seeing him in, at a young age, uh, that was great. The TV trays, I mean, uh, when when and then let's be honest, the legend that is Dickie Moltisanti. You know, we've heard about him for six seasons. Yep. Um, just the driving force uh, of the show, the idol of the show, the only man who was talked about probably more positively than Dickie Moltisanti was uh, Jackie Aprile. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. It was great to see him, and you, you you could see where Tony picked up a lot of his mannerisms, a lot of his attitude, a lot of his just the way he went about things. His bowling shirts, he basically just kind of you know he dressed like you know a larger version of Dickie Moltisanti. 
Uh, I really loved it. Um, and you really, honestly, you really get a sense that Uncle Junior is the villain of the entire series of The Sopranos. For for as much as Christopher was a thorn in his side, he was created because Junior was just a selfish prick who got no respect and hated everyone for it. You know, his brother was on top was on top of him. Dickie Maltesanti was on top yeah. of him. You know, and uh, it, it was it's very interesting that Uncle Junior's just jealousy and attitude is really the backbone of the show. Uh, and and the movie and that was something that I, I didn't see coming and I was really like when that happened I was like oh my god wow yep. wow I was really really yeah. really impressed um, I don't have a whole lot of negatives for it I can't think of anything on top of my head I re- but I really enjoyed this I've seen it three times total at, at, you know I'll, I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray uh, I just I, I, I really love this thing I really did and every time I watch it I get more and more it's just so intertwined with everything Sopranos and with every reference I just loved it even more but you know some people could call that fan service but to me it's 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 just another solid entry in in, in the Sopranos universe I, w- I would not call the movie fan service. It's def- but it's definitely a movie made for fans of The Sopranos. If you did not watch the show, it's going to be confusing for you. You think so? You don't um, think someone can watch this movie yeah. and go into the show? No, because a lot of the references that are in the fi- in the film are stuff that you had to have watched the show to get. You don't get um, the payoff plenty if you of- watch the show after the movie, though? No, I actually think you should do okay, the opposite. Okay. I think you should watch the show and then well, go back and watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a no, good commitment, it's right? The, the show is excellent. Show I don't care what Rick has to say about the you. show. <laughs> no, the show is the birthplace for so many writers who are who went on to do shows that we love, like Breaking mm-hmm. Bad, like Mad Men. These great shows that we have, these great DJ dramas just that came out. Recently of it. stated that it was the the greatest influence on The Office. See, so you have it's so many different it it impacted so many different shows that have come after it. And that's the it was really the first big cable show. Like it was really the first big thing that we saw. Um, The movie itself. I liked it. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I just have issues with certain things. Number one, they shouldn't have teased Tony as much in the in the trailers and stuff as they did because he's really not a huge part no, of the it's movie. Dickie's story. Um, right. It's Dickie's story. So if you're watching it, hoping to get a lot of Tony Soprano, you get enough where you're obviously you're satisfied, mm-hmm. but it's really Dickie's story. Um, there's, there's some ambiguity to it too. And I don't know if that was done on purpose or not. Uh, who's, who is really uh, Christopher's mother? I mean, they kind of in the movie kind of let you to believe it was the side piece. Um, and not his actual wife, Dickie's actual wife. So that was another thing, a little bit of ambiguity I, there for really, me anyway. Thought, I, I thought it was, uh, what's her name? I, I didn't think it was the side piece. Well, that, well, he goes to I think see, that's why he was attracted. Um, I think that's why he was so, I mean, obviously she was pretty and that was his guma, but I, I, you know, I think that's part of the reason why he kind of was attracted to her. But I don't, I don't, I, I don't think an old school Italian woman like that embraces that child the way she did Christopher in the few scenes that they had together. I would agree with you there. But like I said, he went to see his, I guess it was his uncle, right? The the Ray Liotta character, which by the way, Ray Liotta plays a dual role in this phenomenal. movie and yeah. he's great. He's phenomenal. I'm so happy that we roles. finally got Liotta into Sopranos Universe. Yeah. <laughs> but he goes to see his uncle in prison and he tells his uncle, he tells her that his wife can't get pregnant. He said, he says that to her. So then when you see, the, and then you see Christopher. <laughs> So 
it's kind of like I said, it kind of throws that in there. I think it's just maybe it is just for us to believe a little bit or to throw that in the back of our mind to make us think a little bit more. Um, I like that they had uh, Michael Imperioli narrating it. I thought it was cool how they did that. They start the movie, you see his grave, and then he starts talking, which I thought I was like very that. cool. I don't know if I, but I don't know if I necessarily liked what he had to say at certain points like that that might be my only negative and i like bad voiceovers i like the i like the theatrical kind of blade runner so sue me um but <laughs> there's certain points where like he's talking about tony he goes that's my uncle tony he strangled me right yeah, there, the, yeah. The, i like the idea of having him narrate it through the cemetery i just don't know if i like what he actually was saying you know what i'm saying that might that's that's really my only gripe all right, a, c- a couple of other things. I would like to have seen a little bit more of Johnny Boy and um, Livia, uh, but the stuff we do get is crazy. When he shoots her well, hair, that's, that's like, like that's a reference. I was like Captain America. I understood the reference. <laughs> you know, like, I just like I got. I was, and then like the best part was like they show you these things, and you're like, I finally oh. saw it. You know, I finally yep. saw it. That's what I read. Like. If you didn't watch the show, you wouldn't have gotten that. That's what I'm talking about. It's definitely made for us. Like it's made for people who watch the show and who love the show. Uh, there, but there, like I said, there. The I think all the performances are excellent. Like you said, all the older versions. The kid, the guy who played the younger Sil, um, Sil was just and incredible. The best part was like I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, who is this? Because he's got this horrible comb over, and I don't yep. see it until they uh. say it, and I'm like, and I'm like. They never, still never, like you kind of stu- assume that Stevens wore a wig, right? Because he's always wearing the bandana for whatever reason. I don't know actually on the top of my head. Uh, but I was like, okay, so I kind of figured he wore a wig in the movie. That's that, but in the TV show, but that's nothing new, right? Like actors, right. Affleck wears a wig in every film he does. But to find out, like, it was a point of the film, and like, he's like, don't, don't touch the hair, even when it's a horrible comb over. But he nailed that, that like, De Niro face. He nailed the sill walk, yes. you know. And then the yes. kid who played Paulie with the point, with the pinky and the and the index finger, it was it was tremendous. And then to see uh, uh, Pussy's father and uh, everything like that, and the old the old gangsters, it was yep. really something special. I, I I I really enjoyed it. I don't know if anything else will come out of this. Uh, if it does, great. If it doesn't, uh, I don't need it. You know, like, I'm happy with what I got. The, one of the other things, and I'll say this, and I know maybe it's my own head telling me that this was a series. It was shot kind of like a series. It wasn't shot to me like a movie. It was shot more like they took a couple, a bunch of episodes, shot them separately, and then just pushed them together. Is David Chase go. ever is this his film. first film? So I don't know because if, um, if I don't know if the guy has literally only made television, I'm not going to hold that against him. No. Well, I but heard you say course, you and Daddy Batch said the same thing too. I didn't get that vibe from it. But. Okay. Well, again, it's it's uh, you know this is cool that we could talk this out, just give our mm. own different different views of the same thing. Obviously, everyone probably wants to know how um, Michael Gandolfini was. I thought it was great. I really uh, did. And yeah, it really it it's amazing. He looks so much like a, like um, James Gandolfini, yeah. and it's just it was he was really really good. The scenes he was in, you want more of them. What's her name? Um, played Livia. I thought she was perfect. I thought she was absolutely amazing. Yep, Vera yeah. Farmiga. Oh my god, play, yeah, she was absolutely amazing. I just yeah, that one scene with them in the kitchen where he's eating mm-hmm. his breakfast, 
and he's talking, they're talking and she had just gone to the school and heard all that good stuff about him. So she tried to sit down and then of course she falls back into the guilt. Yeah. Thing and, that she always did with him. and you're just like, man, Tony was just doomed from the start. Like, right. It, it's just, yeah. Livia, I'm, I'm sure she tried her hardest, but that, that woman is just hell on earth. It's just <laughs> difficult to deal with. There's yeah. no winning when it yeah. comes to her. You know, the, no. you know it, it, it was funny though, because, uh, I cracked up and laugh, and she, she she's like, oh, "I made you a cheeseburger because I'm I'm sure you you know you got tired of mortadella sandwiches." And I'm like, "Oh God, they're so guinea!" <laughs> like a burger <laughs> is like foreign. Like, for, oh, this is great. We never eat these, you know. Like he's sitting there eating mortadella, and I was just like, "Oh God!" It was it's just it was wonderful. It was everything yeah. about it. I like. I really enjoyed. Yeah, the the the. The nostalgia stuff obviously is there if you watch the show. The little appearances you get, you get a a little bit of Carmela, mm-hmm. like you get a little bit of Carmela there, right? Uh, you know, you hear Jackie is one of yep. the people hey, when they're on there. The, the Mr. Softy truck, yep, Artie, Artie is there. So it's cool that the, he included all of the his friends and stuff the, that at their younger ages. The, as well. the thing I found really interesting have. is like I've always wanted to know who the hell Old Man DeMeo was. You know, by the time Soprano starts, he's been incarcerated since 1995 and Jackie's in charge of the family. You know, uh, uh, Dickie hands John Boy the envelope and he tells him he's got to kick it up to the old man. He's going to give him trouble. So like, old man DeMeo has always been just this this figurehead that we've never seen. And it's it's always been very interesting to me. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I'm trying to think what else did I love. Uh, I just and the fact that like old school Newark during the race riots, it's like for someone who lives in New Jersey, it's it's that part of history is very fascinating right. to me. Um, I've I've ta- I've got buddies who are from Newark and I've asked them uh, if they've seen it. They have not seen it yet because they're you know as, as residents, you know, I'm sure they have family ties to that era of the city. So I want to get their their uh, their opinions. But like overall, just uh, just coming from a, a Jersey WAP, it's just absolutely amazing. It is. It just really is. I, I and that's pro- that's that's probably my final critique. This is probably my final critique. Is I like that they included the race rights i didn't think it was necessary though i i felt like that was something they threw in there um well, I think it, I, to give to give the show kind of more of a purpose to give the movie a little bit more of a purpose than just this is dicky Moltisanti and we're gonna just do his version of what we did with tony for all those years on yeah I, but i think it's necessary in the aspect that it takes the mafia necessarily out of newark and kind of into other places of jersey you know, that's true. That's I a think, good point. You know, th- I yeah. think that was the kind of like the driving for it. It, it kind of pushes the mob out to the outskirts, maybe to suburbia a little bit and stuff like that, yep. where they're so heavily invested in the city. Well, they're still active, obviously, in Newark, but they're all not living within Newark anymore. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's, <laughs> being back at Satriali is just amazing. You know, I, I watch The Sopranos all the time. Like, it's not like, you know, uh, it's some people watch The Office to go to sleep. I watch The Sopranos. Like, I, it's, I just pop it on. <laughs> You know, I've, yeah. so it, it's, I'm happy. I'm, I enjoyed it so much. I've been looking forward to it. You know, I, yeah, and shout out, big shout out to Corey Stoll, who played Uncle Junior. He uh, really nailed that scowl. <laughs> He was, he was very – the performances were very good. John Bernthal too is Johnny Boy. He's the first time we've ever seen Johnny Boy. So it was – No, no, he's, he in, the, he's, have in, the, he's in the uh, show. He makes a bunch of appearances in the show. Flashbacks. Uh, the flash. Yeah, the flashbacks. Yeah. That's true. But I mean it's the first time we really see that fully formed version. Um, yeah. 
So that was, was cool. cool I love the cool. uh, the scene in the carnival because I was like, oh my god, that is ripped right out of the TV show. It's just different actors, yes. you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Janice, obviously. Oh, that was a great. Tony's like when Tony's talking to uh, uh, Dickie about his mother and probably getting into the pills, and he's like, and Janice agrees with me. And he goes, yeah, Janice, that's someone we should all look up to. So, like, you know, <laughs> uh, it's just like the family. If you watch the show, the family as you know it is that family like 30, 40 yes. years ago. Like nothing's really ch- – those characters, it, it, it's a wonderful transition because it's it, – it, they just are who they are. Like, and, th- and that's what's great about having Chase write it obviously is he's so in tune with these characters. They are his character. Um, and it's it, <laughs> everything about it was wonderful. It really was. There is, and there is talk of doing either a series. Uh, they've been talking about doing a, a series based off this with more, um, with Michael Gandolfini playing uh, Tony. Mm. So there's been talk of that. So we'll see stuff, what man. happens. But yeah, but th- like The Sopranos obviously is, is a mob story, but it also is a story about a guy who's unsure of himself. Like Tony was unsure of the things he did. He did it because it's the life he had, but he wasn't always down with the decisions he had to make. And that's one of the things that this movie – Right. And that's one of the things this movie didn't have, obviously, was the relationship between him and Melfi because he was a, he didn't have her yet. Um, it would have been cool if they threw her in somehow. That would have been cool if they threw a younger version of her. Yeah, I think that might have been the- too much. I think they- <laughs> uh, too much, too much fan service. Too much much. I, I, how, like, she's not – Melfi didn't come from that area. No, but it would have been cool like if – you know, just in some way. Kind of like in Superman in. 78 where Lois Lane is on the train when he runs by. Like you're talking like something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it would be a little little interesting to see that. Uh, but anyway, uh, guys, if you haven't seen it yet, I'm sure if you're you friends of the show, I know you have. Uh, for me, I'd give it a B. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm going I'm to solid B. Really solid B. High yeah, B. I'd give it a B. I'd yeah. give it a B. Like I said, it has, it has plenty of flaws, but – as a fan of the show, it was you just get just soaked really, up really in cool it. Yeah. To yep, it's really cool to get back into that. I'm world. actually surprised you catch it's catching as much heat as it is. To be honest, I just I don't know. Everyone's it's entitled tough. to their opinion, but uh, I you know it's tough when you go back on something that was yeah. so great and well, try like to do it. It's, I, I it's very very feel tough. Like a lot of people are like ex- expecting it to like be absolutely amazing, blow me away. Like the, that, the Sopranos didn't do that. Off one episode, it's, it's like I said, it's because of the story over six years that really blew you away. You know, yep. not not one episode is just this, this mind-boggling thing, in my opinion. As much as no, it is mean, the story as a whole, there are certain seasons that are better than others. Yeah, but I mean, I think I, I would say I like season six the least. Yeah, I would you know, agree. For me, it's seasons but one I think through three. We watch constantly. I think we all knew season six because we knew it was coming to an end. So I think that kind of gives us that little season uh, six has a lot of shock value. Obviously there's the the ending of the final episode, Christopher, everything going on with Phil and how he meets his end. You know, there's, there's a lot, uh, you know, everyone getting shot at and basically fall, you know, what they blue comet with, uh, uh, Bobby Bacala, um, you know, uh, basically Paulie being the, uh, the last man standing, uh, there's a lot of shock value in season six, but it, it, it might be my least favorite, I think. 
I gotta give it. I gotta give it a solid rewatch. But I mean, I'll get there. I'm only on season two. I think the first the first three for me are some of the best. Season two is great because of, of Richie Aprile. Richie Aprile is the greatest villain yep. of the show, uh, even more so than yep. Uncle Junior, in my opinion. Um, season one's really good. Uh, season three is really good when the FBI gets involved. Those are like my th- yep. those are my three favorites. Me too. Yeah. Same thing. First three seasons yeah. oh, are, so are some it's of the true. best TV I love ever. it when they, when, they, when they get the lamp and they have it in the basement and then Meadow ends up taking it to college. Just stuff like that. It's They're so good. It's just – I love it when yeah. uh, Christopher kills email in the uh, in the pork store. <laughs> 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 you know? There's so many good things early on at – Every time Adriana's on screen, you know that's just great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love Artie. You know, I love I love Charmaine too. She loves to give it to Artie. She loves to give it to Tony. I love Charmaine. I was a little bummed out we never saw any Charmaine. Uh, to be honest, with you. so but, but I think, but that's, that's what I think. Changing. I think we if if they continue on, we're gonna get all this stuff, and I, I think it'd be cool to see. Uh, you know, prequels are usually hit or miss. Obviously, the famous ones are the Star Wars ones, but prequels could be hit or so miss of course. depending. <laughs> depending on how you how you go about it but uh guys if you haven't seen it definitely watch it it's on hbo max all month uh if you want to go to the theater it i that's how i saw it it is worth going well, to the theater to see it too right right you could do it you yeah it, it's weird because like it's on hbo max so the show was on yeah. hbo so it, you're kind of doing the same same thing so it, it was it's just it's a good watch it's a good watch it i didn't love it as obviously as much as pete did like we gave it the same grade i think he's a little bit more attached maybe sentimentally to it than me <laughs> being he's from jersey he's an italian from jersey so maybe that's a little bit uh yeah. weighs a little bit more in his favor and i spend but, a lot of time um, in newark i go to devil's games uh, you know yeah uh, you know so don't believe eric i'm so, a hockey fan <laughs> so sorry about that so it is but it's definitely worth it it's definitely definitely worth it so check that out all right man let's put a bow on this one so tell everyone what you're up to where they you can, can find you on social media that that's stuff. twitter instagram and zach snyder's favorite vero at pete illustrated uh check out uh this podcast that you're listening to right now straight to gotham at straight underscore o underscore g on twitter and instagram check out our facebook page check out our facebook group join the group it's fun a lot of discourse everything we talk about the show is first on there so it gives you a little sneak peek as to what we're going to say um follow podcast number two that i co-host italian spider-man coalition podcast we now have our own rss feed we are on itunes we are on uh, all major podcast platforms so we are no longer on the vigilante feed it was a nice place to visit but now we have found a home uh, on our own rss feed <laughs> and uh thank you zeddy for our, all the help that you uh gave the three of us in getting that off the ground so please follow that that's also at italians for spidey on twitter uh, check out batmanonfilm.com for my written uh, comic book reviews on uh, Detective Comics and Dark Detective as well. Uh, check out Batman on Film doc, uh, on YouTube for my interviews with uh, Michael Usman that I mentioned earlier, uh, as well as uh, Lauren Lester, Kevin Conroy, Tara Strong, all those very f- famous animated voices that you hear in all your favorite uh, animated shows and movies. Um, also, I, I, I submitted my review for Batman The Audio Adventures episode number one today. Check that out. Listen to that podcast. You can listen to that on HBO Max right after you're done with The Many Saints of Newark. That I really enjoyed that that was great check that out um check out at team over on twitter that was awesome make sure you check that out we're all just really excited about keaton coming back 
Uh, what else do I got? Uh, check out SOG underscore the Hulk Book Club. Me and Ryan Lauer, we're going to get that show off the ground really soon. Straight out of Gamma, the Hulk Book Club. Uh, Lauer's uh, side venture. He, <laughs> what people don't know is Ryan secretly loves the Hulk. So I'm, I'm getting him to break <laughs> his little bat cocoon like that, uh, like the penguin and the thin <sighs> clown in Batman Returns. I'm breaking that bat cocoon, breaking in that Batmobile, and we're going to get the Hulk out of there. So get, get Ryan to just express all his sort of just mean green feelings. Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up because of like his back cocoon. Because there are times where we'll be on our chat, he'll just randomly text the, like at the group, "I love Batman." So it's it's just very funny that you just brought that up the back cocoon thing because he really is someone who's kind of in that shell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will I, I will of course tell you guys where you can find me. But first, I want to say support for Straight Outta Gotham is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. They have just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you: twenty percent off and free worldwide shipping with the code Gotham at Manscaped.com. So guys definitely uh go check that out you get the 20 percent off check out all their products like i said pete and i told you before use it yep keep that region clean and neat uh because you know no one likes that situation to be disgusting so make sure you go and we we we're we're here to help you out we understand how it goes we provide uh grooming tips so that's what we're here for yes so we are here for you guys there and of course you guys can find me on twitter at finally 33 spelled finale 33 same on instagram as pete said check us out the uh, check us out on facebook on the facebook page the in our facebook group our fan group also, guys, remember I do review DC's Titans for Batman on film. I actually haven't watched it yet, <laughs> so I'm going to do that after this Late. recording, and then I will write my review. I will write my review tomorrow. Uh, I had a busy day today, so I, I will get to it um, after that. Next next show, Pete and I will just be discussing. I'm going to put this out here now because we were going to discuss it tonight, but we're not. We're going to discuss Venom, and we're going to discuss. Uh, no time to die. I saw no time to die. Pete saw Venom, so we haven't we both. Seen it. We're going to make sure we do it. <laughs> yep, we're going to make sure we do it, and then we will come uh, and talk about it next time. So look forward to that. Uh, DC Fandom, we will be doing a show. Pete and I, we have to work out the details, but we will be doing a show uh, for Fandom. I want to do a live stream. I don't know how everyone else wants to do it, but we're we're together on this. It's the other scrubs we got to wrangle yeah. up. <laughs> so we're, we're going to look into and doing something like that for are. Fandom. <laughs> yes, you guys know who you are, so you got to let us know uh, what you want to do. Even if you guys pop in, it's fine. But uh, we definitely will do something there. Uh, look for the return of the Iceberg Lounge. Um, I'm actually talking to a few people who want to be on, so we'll see how we can get that um, in order because I think that could be fun for us. And I believe that's it. Anything else you want to tell them, Pete? Uh, you know, just make sure you head over to manscaped.com and use promo code Gotham for that 20% and the free shipping. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to everyone telling me how comfortable those damn boxers are because they're amazing. <laughs> I agree. I agree with you. So on that note, we will close. So for Peter Vera, I am Eric Holzman. You are listening to Straight Outta Gotham, and we will see you next Booyah. time.